Ito Deutsch. Thank you, sir, for being uh, part of the podcast, Life As We Know It. I appreciate you coming in and chatting with me today. Well, thanks for the invitation, Jerry. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Ma- ma- maybe, maybe. We'll maybe, see what happens. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So I kind of told you a little bit about kind of the way that this podcast works. Um, so the first thing that I, I, I guess I think we should kind of start with is just you, your background, uh, you know, kind of how you grew up. How was is, how is life growing up growing up for you? Yeah, so originally from Laredo, Texas, um, you know, border town life, which back then that's what life was. And until you leave the border, you don't realize what the rest of the world is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, good, you know, great family, three younger brothers, parents still alive in the fam, everyone in the family business, except for one brother who's an attorney. Um, how so, uh, and where where do you fall in the chain? I'm the oldest of four brothers. Okay, yeah. got it. And then so my brother Lance, he is uh, 18 months younger than me. He's actually running the Houston stores. Okay. Um, my brother Rich, who is four years younger than me, he's an attorney in Houston. And then my youngest brother Tad who is eight years younger than me, is running the Laredo and El Paso operation. Right, yeah, Tad's your yeah. baby bro. The baby bro. Yeah, cool dude. But they all think they're the older brother, but... <laughs> they're always just yeah. always yeah, just they're always, there's always the there's, there's always that, but yeah. Yeah, okay, so um, you all have stores all over the state of Texas. Top 10, right, Rolex dealers in the country, would you say? Yeah, we're big. 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 You're being modest. Okay. So, so, um, how did you guys, how did you guys open up that store? Like how, what was the, what, how did you, how did y'all get to be Rolex dealers? I'm coming from Laredo. Well, well, number one, were your parents from Laredo? So my, well, for the history, let's go go through the history. My grandfather, Aladar, okay. from Hungary, which actually my real name is Aladar. Yes. Named after uh, are, my you the, are you the third or are you just uh, Just Aladar. Aladar. Okay. Aladar. okay. Um, he came from Hungary during World War One, And the ship landed in New Orleans from Europe and they wouldn't allow any immigrants in. So the next closest port was Veracruz, Mexico. So they went to Veracruz and ended up, you know, dumping all these poor Europeans that didn't speak the language, you know, in Mexico. And so he worked his way up to the border to Nuevo Laredo, the border of Laredo, Texas, and opened up a uh, type of, I guess, a little knick-knack gift shop. And he had a lot of contacts still in Europe, and a couple of his friends were involved in the perfume business. So are actually first business was French. Our store was originally a French perfume store. Really? Yeah. In Nuevo Laredo. In Nuevo Laredo. And actually, if you go to our new store, actually, if you go to any of our stores now, we have all the old bottles from the... Oh, Mac- do you really? Yeah. We have all the old bottles all around the store, which are actually from the original. They oh, were the, they were the cool. They're all the sample bottles and test bottles. Nice. And he kept yeah. them all in. Yeah. And so we have hundreds of them and so we you know they're all over the, the different stores which it's, it's cool it's part of the history makes it really cool yeah um 
And then, you know, little by little, you know, as, as time went on, my grandfather got into the silver business because you had Tasco, which had the silver jewelry. So we were perfume and silver jewelry and Mexican knickknacks. And then eventually my dad uh, came, my grandfather had gotten really sick, so my dad came in to help him right after he, he my dad graduated from Trinity University. Oh, in San Antonio? In San Antonio. Okay. And he uh, came in to help my grandfather and ended up, that's where my dad ended up staying. And he was the one that little by little um, started into the, you know, people were coming from, you know, we had, we had all the American tourists come to the store in Mexico and we had a little workshop in the back and he'd help, you know, he had a little jeweler that would fix the jewelry and little by little people started bringing in bigger and bigger pieces. And so, you know, he just all of a sudden, you know, got the idea, hey, maybe we can start producing our own jewelry. And so he started, he, he got a couple of designers and built up the workshop. And we actually built up a, a nice size workshop in Monterey, Mexico. Wow. And we started producing our own jewelry. Wow. And so we, we actually, became, we were actually, so we were a perfume, silver shop, repair, jewelry repair shop. And then we went into designing our own jewelry in Mexico, which back then was really cool because we were making these big, beautiful pieces with all these Mexican fire opals and and um, super South, authentic to the yeah i can if someone walks into my store with the piece we made you can tell i can tell immediately no way yeah and we and i get people to come in you know have you know have older customers that come in so i see it on them and they'll say oh your grandfather made this for me or your father made this for me wow and then i'll see some actually some younger people coming in and they'll say oh my grandmother gave this to me or my mother gave this to me you know passing it down wow so it's yeah we've been in business for over 90 years now 90 years yeah and so when did you guys start the the jewelry aspect of it built you know well so yeah so i would say back in back in in 1984 myself and my brother lance came into the business which was still only mexico Mm -hmm. and so when when we both came on we we really ramped it up which we've been part of the business forever because since we were little kids, we would always go, you know, going into Mexico was no big deal back then. You know, just yeah, walk, just, we would block off the bridge. Yeah, you know, we'd go have dinner with my dad or lunch with my dad at the store. And on weekends, when we got punished, we'd have to, spend, we'd have, we'd have to labor. clean up the store and take up all that. So we knew, we we, we always had jewelry in our blood. Yeah. Um, so we, we got into the business and just, you know, it, it just, you know, really took off and it was great. And it wasn't until my brother, Tad, uh, graduated from college and wanted to come to the business that my dad said, you know, we need to look about it, look into expanding. Mm. And my uncle, my dad's brother, owned the Joe Brand stores. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so I he married, he, he had married Linda Brand. And so little by little, he eventually um, took over the stores and they were always called Joe Brand. So I stayed Joe Brand, but my uncle was, was running them. And that's why we had the store. That's why when we first opened the U.S., we were uh, Joe Brand Fine Jewelry, and we were in the store in Laredo and in McAllen. That's why that's where McAllen came about was that we had both those stores. Really? Right. Okay. And then once we once we had established ourselves in the states, which was kind of funny because our store in Mexico catered to the U.S. tourists, tourists and our stores in on the board on the U.S. border. Catered to, catered the, to the Mexican tourists. So it was, it was, so I spoke, I had to speak more Spanish on the U.S. side because the customers were all from Mexico. And on the Mexican side, we spoke all English. English. Yeah, so it's, you know, 
it's it's funny i mean being on the right. border is just it's just crazy that way yeah um it's an interesting right yeah. i mean the i would say border towns are kind of the most some of the most interesting cities in america because you have to kind of live in those areas to kind of really understand the culture and the way people work and the the exchanges and things like that and uh it's a really interesting uh blend of of different cultures you take a lot of the things that are important in the mexican culture and it's it's brought here but then you also have that american influence and it's here so it's a really interesting vibe. Like if you're not really from the, a border town, you really don't understand it. But I think because you've got a store in El Paso, right? And you've got a store in Laredo, you can see some similarities, still some differences, right? But, but for the most part, you've got like, oh yeah, common. yeah, you know, and, and 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 all our stores basically on the U.S. side catered to the Mexican customer, mm-hmm. and that was always our big push because you always had, you know, you you so had always had the wealthy wealthy Mexicans coming in buying it, and that's what made the borders. The vibrant cities that they were was was everything that we had to do with Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and it's and it's fun. You know, it, it, I guess if if you're not from the border, and you're you know you're from different parts of the of the United States, you don't get it. You know, right. you have people saying, "Why should I speak another language? Why should I this? Why should I that?" And you know, so it's kind of like the European mentality. You know, if you're in Europe, everybody knows three or four languages. Right. Because and it's the, common. And it's common because, you know, their 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 countries are smaller than the state of Texas and they're bordered by three or four different countries with different languages. Mm-hmm. So they speak all these different languages. And so from being on the border, you know, everyone speaks English, everyone speaks Spanish. And it's great, you know, and we mix it, you know, you we, have our, it we have our Spanglish. And, you know, when I was off, when I lived in San Antonio, when I, you know, I went to Trinity also. Okay. And all my friends, you know, they go, you know, all of a sudden I'd be saying something and all of a sudden I'd throw in a Spanish, you know, Spanish word and they go like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what planet are, what planet are you from? Right, you know? yeah, you and, and then when they'd come to visit me, you know, we'd go to, to, you know, they'd go, oh my God, we're going to, and back then you need me a passport. You need me a driver's license. You just right. go over, right? And so just th- American citizen. Yes. Yeah. That's it. You know, and they would, you know, we'd, we'd go into Mexico and go to the bars and the restaurants and they were like, oh, my God, you know, what is this? This is amazing. This is great. So all of a sudden, every weekend, all my friends were saying, are we going to Laredo? Are we going to Laredo? <laughs> so it was, it was fun. It, I, I, think, I think growing up on the border, people growing up on the border, if you take advantage of it, it's probably one of the greatest places in the United States uh, to grow I up. I would agree with that, you know, growing up. And it's not like it is the way it is now where, I mean, there's so much that's happening there. Yeah. A lot of there's been a lot of crime throughout the last several years where it's just not the same as it used to be but even for me growing up i mean you i think as a kid from the border you grow up a lot faster in the adult the adult way where you can if you wanted to have a drink or if you wanted to go out to a nightclub you could do it at a very extremely young age and it was cool and you didn't have to spend a whole lot of money to have a good time um, and it was safe, you know, yeah. you didn't, you, you know, everybody took, worry. everybody took care of everybody. And, and it is sad because so I'd say, what is it? It's already coming on 17 years that we actually had to close our stores in Mexico because oh, okay. of all the violence. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but by then the U S operations were, were doing well enough that it was a nice transition. So, you know, thank God we, we did that. Cause at that point it'd be kind of like, Oh, you know, now what are we going to do? Yeah. You, you had to try and have to, re- right? yeah, try and have to trying to figure out how to reinvent yourself. And, and it was actually, it was really hard for my dad because, um, you know, I, I would tell him, you know, it was right after I got married, 
is when all the violence started, mm-hmm. you know, and I told, you know, I told my dad, I said, dad, I want to start a family. You know, I just got married. I said, I am not interested in getting kidnapped or killed, you know, over here. And we've got some good businesses that we can really build on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just like, no, we're fine. We're fine. So I stopped going. So I was helping him run the Mexico operation. Mm-hmm. And finally, about four months later, he, he, he realized he it saw was... saw the light. And well, it wasn't even that. You know, this, the tourists weren't even coming over anymore. Oh, you know, right. everybody was so scared. So, it, you know. It was that time. Yeah. yeah. It was a good transition. Yeah. So. And it was a crazy transition because going from, you know, running a business in Mexico to running in the States was a totally different, you know, for both of us because... Yeah. You know, just, just everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, everything. The way, just the way business was run, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So... So, I mean, and it sounds like you've already done a lot of transitions, perfume shop to creating your own jewelry, and then you move into the States, transition, 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 and then you start working in the States. Obviously, you branch out, right, into Deutsch and Deutsch from the Joe Brand brand, and then what happens? So, yeah, so what happens is we start wanting to carry the, you know, all the bigger lines, Rolex, Cartier, Bulgari, and they basically were they were the ones that pushed us into saying you need to be in your own stores your own locations not being a jewelry department inside of a store mm-hmm. and that's when the push for deutsch and deutsch started got it and so we started the deutsch and deutsch in laredo and McAllen because that's where we had the joe brand fine jewelry stores and so started those up did really well with them um, opportunity came for us to go into houston and which we never thought we'd ever leave the border through rolex did the through, rolex, through rolex rolex had told rolex had told us they said if you know at the time um zales operation went bankrupt oh. and so rolex went into like they went from having 20 locations in houston down to two wow so they were looking for jewelers to fill that those those niches Mm -hmm. and so they told us if you you know know, rolex doesn't just give you the line you have to prove yourself right Uh, but they told us if you'll if you'll move to houston if you'll open in houston and you open up in this location we'll give you the line wow which is the only reason we went to houston because for us we were the little border boys it's like houston oh my god that's That's big that's yeah that's 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 big city shit right yeah that's that's just you know it's like that's like no it's unbelievable there's no way we're going to do that right and so that's how we got the start Wow. start over there wow. so and and so uh deutsch and deutsch came from grandfather deutsch to your father deutsch is that where because obviously you've got four brothers I, obviously you and dad are kind of and well and and your brother lance yeah right all kind of running well the store in, in nuevo laredo is called deutsch's okay and so just i guess to change it up a little bit and i don't tell you the truth i don't know where that came, where came up maybe, maybe we were all drinking one night and said deutsch and deutsch and so mm-hmm. it, you know that's how it kind of transpired and, that, and that's where it went from then <laughs> okay. on that's you know that's where it's been so yeah no the mexico store was funny i mean it used to be called aladars used to be called deutsches used to be called aladar deutsches okay. um uh deutsch you know it just all says, kinds of know, it was always changing you know mm-hmm. so and but yeah no so deutsch and deutsch is where how we started it so it worked out great so Wow. Okay. Yeah. So your dad, you said that your dad went to Trinity mm-hmm. and then you went to Trinity. I went to Trinity and my brother Lance went to Trinity. Oh, okay. Then my brother Rich went to the University of Texas and my brother Tad went to the University of Texas. UT boys. Yeah. Okay. So um, your dad went to school 
did he go for something else? And then you said that he came back to kind of help your grandfather. You went out and did stuff. Yeah. So my dad, actually, when he graduated, he had wanted to go into law school. Mm. And then my grandfather got sick and it just kind of that's where that, you know, went went from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was a stockbroker, graduated with a degree in finance and started started working for a small firm in San Antonio as a stockbroker. Wow. Um, then at the time, Laredo National Bank, which is now Compass Bank, uh, the president of LMB was a, was a good friend of the family, mm. and they were starting up a big international program with all the maquiladoras. And so one day out of the blue, he just called me and said, you know, we're starting up this program, and I think you would be great for it. And, um, you know, it's really funny how you should never say never. <laughs> right, right, because I, you know, number one, I swore I would never go back to Laredo. Well, and after it, being in San Antonio, and then you go well, back yeah, to Laredo, yeah. like I mean, I when mean, I left in high school, I'm like, I am never coming <laughs> back to this place. And so here I am back in Laredo with a great job, traveling all over the world because we're trying to bring all the maquiladoras. So I got to travel everywhere, so it was amazing. Um, As and a then, young guy out of college, yeah, yeah, you know, and you know. We were just, we were, tra- it was me and a, another good friend of mine that, actually, that I met through the bank. And I mean, they had us traveling all over Mexico, all over Canada. Uh, you know, they'd send us over to Europe to, you know, try to get all these maquilas to come in to Nuevo Laredo because at the time, uh, Juarez was just killing it. Mm. And actually, even um, um, Reynosa was, and, and um, Matamoros were, were killing Laredo in that, in that area. Oh, really? And so, Oh, in terms of the in maquilas. terms of bringing the maquilas, yeah, in. yeah. So we were trying to do a big push. Um, so they had us everywhere trying to do it. So it was great. I, it was tr- you know traveling on their dime. So where'd you, you go? Know? Like, where were some of the places you went? Yeah, was, well, that were like you uh, know. Yeah. So I mean, we were you know we'd go. Well, we travel over the United States. You know, we're mm-hmm. all over trying to find all the big Fortune five hundred companies, trying to convince them to come down to where we were at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were traveling all over Canada. You know talking to them, trying to get them to come down. Mm-hmm. We were in all over Mexico, you know, because they'd have different conventions. Mm-hmm. So we were there trying, you know, in any, to get from all, especially more the, the Japanese going to Mexico, trying to figure out what was going on with the Maquila program. Right. So we were down all over Mexico, wherever they're having a convention, trying to promote Nuevo Laredo. So, I mean, you know, it was just it was a dream come true. And then um, I, I, then you know, then little by little, I decided that I wanted to go back into finance, you know, go back and go back into finance, which is what I'd loved in uh, the markets. And I loved all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'd actually gotten a job in Corpus with Merrill Lynch. Nice. And so I was cleaning out my office and my dad called me one day and my office was three blocks from the bridge to Nuevo Laredo. He says, come to the store. I want to talk to you. I was like, okay. Another so, out of the blue call? Uh, yeah, my dad, yeah, yeah out of the yeah. blue. And he says, I want to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, didn't think anything about it, like everything, right? Right. It's just your dad walk, wanted... Yeah, three or four blocks, walked down the street, crossed mm-hmm. the bridge, went to the store, talked to my dad, you know, and he said, <clears throat> um, I, you know, I've been doing this for, you know, for however many years he'd been in the business at that time. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I'm tired. And he goes, it'd be a shame to let the business go, not continue. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, I want you and your, you know, I'd love for you and your brother to give it a shot. 
And so I was like, you know, I told him, I said, Dad, I'm going to corp. And, you know, at the time, corp was, ooh, the big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Hey, corp was not Selena back then. Right? Hey, yeah. I, had a, I was looking at a place on the beach. It was like, life was good, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and he, he told me, he says, look, I'll tell you what. Give it six months. If you don't like it, you know, I'll support you until you find another job. So it was a win-win. That's cool. So my brother Lance and I, we, you know, I mean, we went in there and, popped it open again and you know set we're running the store seven days a week and the next thing we knew people were just showing up and showing up and showing up and you know turned into a carnival you know we had margarita machines running we were selling jewelry people were loving it and it, it was fun and you know and and you know revitalized revitalized and then my dad was happy again because it wasn't like he had to open every morning close every night right because he, he was a one-man show yeah so now he had the opportunity to to, to relax and take yeah, it Yeah, and I think, you know, as a business owner, I'm sure a lot of business owners can relate, is, is like sometimes you just feel like you're just constantly having to pull the, you know, pull the carriage behind you and you're just kind of driving. You get tired after a while. Yeah. I mean, I remember my dad. I mean, he'd wake up in the middle of the night. He would be sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. And 7 o'clock in the morning, he was heading to the store to open up because yeah. that was it. It was him. Right. And actually him and my grandmother. Oh really? And, and she so lived. She, was and in she, it too. Oh, she lived across the street, and he'd pick her up and take her to work every day. You know, that's cool. And she was in the store with us till she was ninety years old. Really? So I actually have a picture of me, my dad, and me, Lance, my dad, and my grandmother in the store at the same time. So Super three cool. three do generations. You, do you right guys? Here. You have that framed up somewhere? Yeah, I've got it at the store. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. I mean, so now that you guys are going, you you're talking about seven days a week that's a grind right and i think a lot of people sometimes they see somebody who's been really successful and they're like man it must be really nice must be person must be doing so well it must be nice but you know there's a grind that happens from the time you start to the you know to kind of currently where you're at or where you strive to be what was that grind for you like what were some of those things where you were just like man like i don't want to do this today or did you have a lot of those hurdles or has it been? Yeah, no, I mean, we, you know, and, and my dad, had, you know, my dad, you know, we'd always seen it all our lives. He was our mm-hmm. example. I mean, he worked until my brother Rich was born. He, my dad only took off Christmas day and he would take off two weeks in August. And that was it. He worked seven days a week. And so that's why at dinner time, a lot of times we would go, my mom would make dinner and pack it up and we'd go and we'd go eat dinner with him at the store in Nuevo Laredo because that's what he did. He just, he, you know, that was his life and that's what he did. So we always had that whole idea in our lives that that's what you do. And so when we came into the business, you know, we knew it's like, okay, we're going to open this up every day of the week is a weekend. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's just what you did. Right. And so we, you know, between my brother and I and my dad, we were, once again, we were working seven days a week and it wasn't a grind because we loved it. You right. know, you met so many great people, so many amazing people. And, and that's the best part of it because, you know, we, we're already on fourth generation customers because their grandparents and their parents and them and now they're, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, so, I mean, we have, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to, from a little store from Nuevo Laredo to know the people that we know. Right. And to expand what you, the way that you all yeah. expanded, like all across Texas, 
for the most part, right? From from one from the east side of Texas to the west side of Texas. Yeah. I mean, as far east and west as well, like Houston is that's pretty right. close. Yeah. Um, man, so yeah, that's that's quite the that's quite the expansion. Yeah. So, but I just you know, and it, I think if if you're willing to put in the time and you're willing to put in the effort, I think everyone can be successful. Mm-hmm. And you know. It, it's easy for me to say now, but you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, you're successful because you made a lot of money. And I think as you get older, you realize you're successful because you're happy with where you're at. Right. Because you can have all the money in the world and be the most miserable person in the world. Although mm-hmm. granted, it's better to have a lot of money, be miserable than, you know, than, than have, be miserable with no money, money. Right. right. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, truthfully, it's, it's, it's funny as you get older, you start realizing there are more important things in life, you know? And this COVID thing, I'm mean, as bad as the COVID has been. Right. I have never enjoyed being with my family more. I mean, it's just, it's just fun. I, 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 I've really connected more with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so much fun, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just think, you know, so in a way it's it, as bad as it's been, it, you know, there's always a silver line, lining in something. Right. So I think it's just really, I, I've loved it, you know, to the point of, you know, feeling horrible for all the people that have had you know lost people which is horrible right and people have lost their lost their jobs mm-hmm. i mean that's that's you know those are a lot of horrible things but uh, in mm-hmm. a personal way i think it's brought a lot of people closer together right yeah and there there is always that trade-off like before we started we were talking about you know kind of the the thing the, the those sort of trade-offs where maybe you're not traveling as much but you're saving a, a whole bunch of money and maybe you're not doing um, a whole lot of things that you were doing before, but now that trade-off is you get to spend more time with your family or you get to do, you know, uh, man, people going outdoors. I don't think I've ever seen more posts of people just being out and going camping and things like that. And those are, those are the, I will say, those are sort of the nice trade-offs. Yeah, go try to find a bicycle. You can't, can't find a bicycle. You can't, you can't yeah. you go try to find shotgun shells. You can't, you can't find do it. it. Everyone's hiking, biking, hunting, mm-hmm. fishing, mm-hmm. you know, all the cool stuff that we just kind of, you know, took for granted. You take, yeah. You take yeah. Everybody's granted. like, yeah. It's, it's, and, and, and that is one of the things I think COVID really kind of made society slow down a little bit and just kind of all of the things that we owe in a busy society that we live in where you're constantly you know, on the phone or online or working on business, it really kind of forced people to kind of take a little step back and really just slow down a little bit, which has been a good thing. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of cases, not in all cases, but, but yeah, man, I mean, um, and so COVID environment, like what, how has that affected your business? Has it been positive, negative? Oh, it's been amazing. And, you know, when come March, you know, they shut everybody down mm-hmm. and, you know, all of a sudden I'm sitting there looking, you know, at the computer screen at all six stores and every day is zero, 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 zero. Oh. I was going like, oh my God, what's going to happen, you know? Right. And, you know, so number one, you're worried, you know, you're worried for your business, you're worried for your family, you're worried for your employees. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we, we'd agreed, the brothers and my dad, we'd agreed that we were going to cover all our employees for at least two months mm-hmm. and then revisit it to see what happened after the two months. And thankfully, they came out with that PPP program, which really was... It did. It was, it was a, an amazing... It was a godsend. It, re- it really was. I, I you know, I, I am not for the government. 
for the most part, mm -hmm. but I, that was a spectacular program. I think, it, you know, for the people that took advantage of it, I think it really made a big difference. Right. Um, but, you know, so, so what happens is all of a sudden nobody's traveling, nobody's going to school, uh, nobody's having graduations, nobody's having weddings, nobody's having quinceañeras, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, I think, and, and sadly, you've got a lot of people passing away. So what happens is now all of a sudden people are saying, I want to have something special to give to that family member mm -hmm. just in case I'm not here tomorrow or mm -hmm. to remember that lifestyle event. Right. You know, and actually it was you're the one with me that we came up where life happens. That's right. Because remember, I was my my I remember my, that. mine was because life happens. Right. And you're like, yeah, no, that might be a little. In you. <laughs> right. There and was then, a little bit. Yeah. There was another phrase there's, there. There's there another was phrase like, there. Right. A little too close. Yeah. So, so that's our, that's our, our tagline, tag right, yeah. is where life happens. And so I think what happened was everybody said, well, I, I, my child is not having the graduation experience that I wanted them to have. So I'm going to buy them a nice watch or a piece of jewelry to remember, mm -hmm. to remember it. Uh, you know, my daughter's getting married and we can't, we're, you have know, a big wedding, have a have, big wedding that we have a big wedding, right? And I'm saving all this money. So I'm gonna buy her a nice piece of jewelry to remember the event. Same thing, quinceañeras, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are thinking maybe, you know, I want to buy my wife that big diamond ring or something, but I wasn't, I was going to wait for, you know, until we were married for 50 years, mm -hmm. but you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So people started buying, you know, people, I think kind of stopped and said, you know what, you can't take it with you and we might as well enjoy it while we have it. And I think that is the mentality of why you're seeing a lot of the, the luxury businesses doing as well as they are, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, it's kind of like, you you know, it, it, you know, I guess it's the, you know, the dichotomy of the fact that, you know, it's like, yes, we want to take care of the people that, you know, I feel bad for the restaurant people. I feel mm -hmm. bad for the waiters and waitresses and all that. Right. But then on the other end, you got the other group that are doing well. So the idea is hopefully each other can kind of work off of each other and take care of each other. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, with, with regards to that life where life happens, I mean, like what, and you, you talked about you talked about success and, and and all of these things, but like, what is what what is that like? What what do you feel is success in in life beyond the financial? What do you define it as? It, you know, it's funny because like I've got my I have teenage kids. I my 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 children are still young. You know, they're. 16 15 and 13 you mm. know and so of course everything they do is TikTok and watching whatever you know right, the, Car the kardashians the yeah. and the whole thing you know so to them you know it's like ferrari lamborghinis um you know prada hermes the whole thing and i'm in the luxury business so for me <laughs> to try to ground my children and say you don't really need those things it's like well yeah kind of a right but you're sitting there selling <laughs> all that to people so um, you know but i you know and I told him, and I, you know, and I told my kids, I said, you know, it's, it's not, it's more important who you are mm -hmm. than what you have. Um, and like I said, when you're younger, you know, it's like, I want to travel. I want to play. I want to party. I get it. I mm -hmm. was there. I was yeah, there. And not too. saying, and not saying that I've completely grown up because I still <laughs> want to go out and do all the fun things. Hey, you got to stay young, man. But you got to stay yeah, young. Yeah, don't let the old man in. You You're know? right. That's you don't, exactly Don't let the right. old man in. But, you know, then too, I think, you know, after a while you start figuring out, you know, 
you, you can't look at what other people have mm -hmm. because I don't care who you are. There's always going to be somebody that has more than you have. Always, right? You right. know, I don't care if you, you know, if you're the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world, you know what? You still have to negotiate, right? Right. Because you never are all powerful. It just doesn't work that way. Right. You know, so I, I think if you're always trying to keep up, you know, with the, your neighbors, you're going to be miserable. Right. So I think you just have to find a, a nice equilibrium of what am I comfortable with? What am I happy with? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing? I, a perfect example, I was on a, I went to quail hunting last week, right? Okay. I love to quail hunt. Yeah. Right? Wait, and is that season, is season still going on right now? Or is that, what, what was just over? Was it deer, was it deer season? Deer season. Okay, yeah. deer season just finished. And okay. quail, but you know, you go to places, I was in Georgia. Oh, a, a friend, oh okay, So a friend it. of mine invited me on a trip to Georgia. Oh, nice. And I'd never been, right? Cool, right? Super I'm gonna, cool. I'm going to go on a plantation hunt. Cool, right? <laughs> awesome. So we're sitting at dinner with all these guys and didn't know any of them. And we're sitting around talking, you know, and they're sitting there talking about, you know, and I came in on my G4, I flew into here, I flew, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I flew into Tallahassee, <laughs> to, had a van, <laughs> drive me over here. But, you know, thinking, um, Mr. Cool Dude going on a plantation hunt in Georgia, right? Mm -hmm. And all these guys are sitting there, you know, talking about, yeah, you know, I just came back from Paris on a grouse hunt. And I just, you know, from France from a grouse hunt, Spain on a boar hunt, you know, and I'm sitting there going like, ooh. You know, what do a, you do for <laughs> yeah, a living? Yeah, you know, it's a whole different level, you know. And, and right. so, and, you know, so, so if you want to get intimidated, you can, right? Right, right. absolutely. You know. But, you know, at the end of the trip, everyone was the same. Everyone had a great time. And, you know, I ended up taking the van back to the Tallahassee airport, and they all drove 15 minutes and picked up their G4s and their <laughs> jets and flew back to wherever they were going, you know. Right. And everyone was just as happy as they could be, and it was good, you know. Right, right. So everyone's got their, you know, you, you, you have to be realize, you know, there's limitations to what you, well, there don't have to be limitations, but you can't. You, you, you can't you, define your life. Yeah, you know, it's just like I, you know, it's like I tell my kids. I said, look, if I wanted to, I could go out and buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or this or that. I said, but that's not me, right? You know, I'm not. That's not me. I, I'm not that type of person. You know, I live. I, I I'm comfortable with the way I want to live with the things that I want to do. If I buy something nice for myself, it's because I want to buy something nice for myself, not because I want other people to see what I have. Right. Not to say you can't have nice things. Right. But do it because it's what you like, not because you're trying to show off. Right. And I think I've done, and I'm hoping I did, I've done a good job with my kids, you know, showing that to them. Well, life is always a progression of, yeah. of learning. And if I think if you don't, if you're not currently learning or adapting or you're not doing something new, then that's when you get old. Yeah. You get old when, when you stop learning something or when you stop doing doing something different and oh, i think that oh my god you i mean you with all, okay we're going to do this geofencing we're going to do this we're going to do that <laughs> yeah. i'm going like what are you talking what are you about, talking about? just trust me ito right. it's going to work yeah you know that's what i'm saying i i get it not necessarily right. that i know how to do it right. but i get that that's the way it has to be mm -hmm. you know my kids tell me oh you know your facebook you know blah 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 and i'm going like we have Facebook. You know? <laughs> <And they're laughs> right. Like, yeah, did you see it? And I'm like, okay, Jerry, they didn't like this. Right, yeah, I take or, that down. Yeah, or Instagram or this or that. And I'm going like, well, okay, okay, you know. Mm -hmm. But I get it, you know, and I understand. And so the great thing was when I was growing up, it was like a pretty much a 10-year progression, right? Right. Every 10 years, you had to start making changes. 
then it was like every five years you had to make changes now it's like every six months Absolutely. or less if you ain't if you're not every six months trying to see what's the next new thing you're a dinosaur right and and it is completely yeah. just you you know you're constantly shifting and you're constantly trying to refine 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 um yeah it's it's can be exhausting man but the longevity that you've had, you know, there was a statistic that says, you know, in the first year, one out of every 10 businesses will fail within five years out of every everybody that um, that makes it to the five year mark. One out of seven. Uh, well, one out of seven businesses will succeed, not fail. One out of 10 businesses will will succeed. The other nine will fail and then and so on. Right. And so as you continue going through those years the statistics for you to continue your success or even just to stay relevant uh, or in even in business is so slim. So you are uh, your business, your the, the, the business that you've been able to grow, not just maintain, but grow is is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, it's a that's a pretty um, that's a pretty that, that's a pretty large accomplishment, especially when you when you talk about everything that you guys have been through and all of the transformations that you guys have, have done. So you've kind of taken the, taken the reins, right. And, and built up this business. You started in the stock market. You still in the stock market. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. How That's, do you feel, I, how I, do you feel I, about it right I, now? It's I, exploding, I, right? I day trade every, I still day trade every yeah. day and I'm horrible at it, but I, <laughs> but I love it, you know, but you know, I've, couldn't I do not understand Bitcoin at all? But you know what? I realize you got to be in it, right? Right. right. I, I don't want to. I don't want to miss that train, right? Mm -hmm. In case it happens, I don't want to miss that train. So I'm part of Bittrain. I mean, a Bitcoin. Right. So it's kind of like, okay. So still don't get it, but it's doing well. So hey, great. Right. right. Uh, cannabis all over that. I right. mean, that's that's, a that's yeah, good. Yeah, you it's know. just a matter of time before it it goes nationwide, right? Yeah, you know, and lithium. You know, all of a sudden it's like lithium batteries. So I'm investing in these stupid mines in South America that mine lithium. So who knows? You know? <laughs> right. But it and that's a that's what changes all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, my God, stock market. I mean, who knows now? Right. You know, and then you get these guys that you know that that are sitting there telling everybody, hey. You know, buy GameStop, buy this, oh, buy that. Right. You know, they're companies yeah. that are about to go bankrupt, but they figure, you know, these millennials have figured out we're, you know, collectively grouped together. Right, get the group together and we're going to squash the shorts, you know, and they figured it out. You know, they, they did that with what Hertz, I think. Right. You know, Hertz was bankrupt. They're going out of business. They kicked it up to like $50, $60 a share. And all these guys were dying and these guys were making a fortune. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's funny. It's just funny, you know these kids figure things out and they do things and all of a sudden you know it's like you know everyone's sitting around they don't know what to do because of coronavirus mm -hmm. and now they're day trading again you know so all of a sudden everyone's in the, you know what they say 17 million new people are trading that's insane yeah that's insane and they're changing the markets right which is even crazy yeah they're shifting it and most recently it's so it's been yeah. in the news and it's been on memes yeah. and all of these and it has nothing to do with fundamentals right it's just if we get enough people doing what we're doing we're going to make it move. Right. Yeah. Right. And so all the old guys are going like, eh, no, this is the way you play that, the yeah, game. Like, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to move <laughs> yeah. millions of dollars over here. Yeah. Yeah. So like you guys can't do that. Yeah. It's an, it's, it, it's, we're de we definitely live in interesting times, right? I think the most 
the most shift that I think we've seen in a while has happened within the last 12 to 18 months. And oh, yeah. it's been um, it's been crazy to see, right? It's been crazy to see what social media can do. It's been crazy to see uh, just even how the government's, you know, kind of working out and, and all the things that are happening right now. Uh, Trump is in the middle of everything kind of passed where they're still going to go through the impeachment trial and things like that. How much of that stuff uh, affects your day-to-day? Do you see it affect your day-to-day or not really? I mean, you know, as far as the impeachment, I mean, who's to say? I mean, it's going to affect, it'll affect us down the road because who knows who's going to be in charge, who's going to be in power, who's going to make the new tax laws, who's going to make the new agendas. Um, I, I, It scares me to think now that, you know, you can find one small group of people that can shame a big group of people right. just because they can shame you. And, and, and that, that bothers me. Mm. That bothers me. I, you know, on the borders, we don't really see that whole part with the Black Lives Matter and all that type of stuff. Right. And I, I mean, I get it. I understand it, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, down here, you know, so it's the same thing. So they say, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's like, well, you know, Hispanic Lives Matter, too, you mm-hmm. know. Down here, um, everyone, for the most part, everyone here is Hispanic, so you don't really get it. But when you move to the other, you know, up yeah. further north, then, you know. You, Where you've got more of a multicultural of, society. Yeah. Uh, you know, down here, everyone, I mean, everyone, you know, for the most part, everybody here is good with everybody. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I think everybody, you know, for the most part, likes everybody. Nobody mm-hmm. looks at the color of skin. Nobody looks at the religion. Nobody looks at the, you know. What, what you, you know, I mean, you know, people got into it, Democrat, Republican, because, you know, Trump pretty much squashed that. I mean, I Man. think that was that was probably the biggest, that was probably the biggest prejudice down here in the Valley was, are you Republican or Democrat? Yes, yeah, yes, that, that was, was that was definitely yeah. the divide. Yeah. And I even saw that with my family, too, where uh, there was a, a, there's a family thread, text group thread, and I've never seen my family politically divided. Uh, but that was definitely one of those things where you were, I mean, you definitely took one side or the other. Yeah. So uh, that that is something that's kind of, that's been kind of big here for sure. Um, so, all right, you've got this business. Uh, what what other things are you into? As far as business, as far or as personally, as far as business goes, like I know that you've got this. You know, you've got a. A nice little lounge that's up in your McAllen store uh, that you're that 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 is that up and running yet? We're still working on it. So okay. yeah, I blame it on COVID. I blame everything on COVID. So <laughs> right, because of COVID. We're getting there. But yeah, I mean, it's the the jewelry industry or the luxury industry as a whole has made a total huge turnaround. So everything now, so like if you walk into my new store, mm-hmm. you know, everything is like its own private little boutique. Everything has its own private little sitting area. You know, the whole ideal is when a customer comes in, you offer them some, a beverage, mm-hmm. you know, be it water, soda, champagne. I mean, right now we're not doing it because of the, the social distancing and pulling the mask down. Right. But, you know, the whole the whole big push is, um, you know, if you walk into a Rolex, a Cartier, a Bullery boutique, mm-hmm. you're treated a certain way. Right. And they want you to be treated that way, the same way, if you walk into a store in McAllen that carries that product. Mm-hmm. So that is the whole big push for it. Uh, and, every, you know, it's so, so how am I 
going to make you want to come buy something from me mm-hmm. if you can just get online and, and buy, buy it for the click. most part, right? Yeah. So the whole idea now is the experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you an experience, right? You're going to come into my store. You're going to say, oh, my God, this is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. You know, they offered me something to drink. You know what? Uh, you, had that, a personal, you had a personal sort of liaison kind of guide you through whatever it is that you're looking for. Sure, right? we've got, we have the first champagne vending machine you know, I in, saw in, that. Right. That's you know, very cool. We have the first one down here in South Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. I don't think I don't even think San Antonio has one, but we have a beautiful. I saw that. You know, very cool. Yeah. champagne vending machine, and as a as a as a customer of Deutsche and Deutsche, you get a little token, and you can put it in and buy the champagne. We are now offering car washes. Mm. You know, it's a, a waterless car wash. So with that token, you can buy champagne. You can get a car wash. You know, the, cool. whole, the whole idea is the experience. Right. You know? And we'll have different events, different things going on. Uh, we have our lounge at Sidebar. Yep. Yeah. Which you is know. very, which is a very cool integration. Yeah. yeah. So An, you know, integration people, of experience and in, in in people and and also kind of sticking true to that tagline of where life happens because I've seen. You know, uh, a few of my friends actually take advantage of that little that little space um, that's got that that's where you're sponsoring that space, and they have parties there, they have special events there, uh, nice evenings, nice dinners, things like that. So that's pretty cool. Right. So as a, as so part of it is be a VIP. You can be a VIP uh, as well as a customer of Deutsch and Deutsch. You become a VIP member of our lounge, and you're welcome to. Um, try to, to call in and make a reservation there. Mm-hmm. We have a special menu, special prices. We do have special drinks just for people that are in the Deutsch & Deutsch Lounge oh, cool. over in the, well, it's the Deutsch & Deutsch Concierge Lounge over at Sidebar. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea is just to make it so, if, you know, to be part of the Deutsch & Deutsch Club or Deutsch & Deutsch family, mm-hmm. there you get a lot of benefits to it, a lot of perks to it. So you get that experience. Very nice. You know, so Very that's cool. the whole idea. We want you to, you know, it, you know, it's like, well, I could get online, wait for it to come in the mail, mm-hmm. or I can go to Deutsch & Deutsch and have this really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're, that's what we're trying to do. So, Okay, so what would you say for a person who is maybe they have their own business or they they aspire to have their own business um, and they see Deutsch and Deutsch and they see the success that Deutsch and Deutsch has had because a lot of people, I would say a lot of people in the in the areas in which you serve are very familiar with the name. Um, it's a it's a very well known name, um, a very credible name. What would you say to the person who is trying to aspire to build a business such as what your family's built over the years? What would you what sort of advice would you give them in terms of how to build it, how to approach it, work ethic, all that kind of stuff? Well, first of all, I'd say do what you love, because if you love it, then you want to wake up every day. You want to make it better. You want to make it happen, and you don't mind. You know, you don't think of it. Oh, it's seven days a week, every day. I'm not going on vacation. All my friends are going out and partying, and I'm having to stay home or I'm having to stay at the office. So, if you love what you're doing, you know, it's not it's not such a bad thing. Mm. You know, and you know, so I think that's number one, mm-hmm. and I really think that's most important. You know, and then you have to set your priorities. You know, when you're starting a business, I mean, that's like, that's your baby that you have, you know, when you have a kid, I mean, that's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and you don't question it. Right. You know, it just comes with the territory, you know, and if you take care of your kid the way you're supposed to, 
you know, pretty much they should come out. Okay. Okay. Not, not necessarily, <laughs> but for the most part. Some right. People. So the example's not exactly right on. But, right. you know, but so I'm saying is, so if you take care of your baby, you take care of your business, you should do well. You know, it's, if you're, you know, if you open your business and you show up an hour or two, a couple of days a week and you're letting other people run it for you, well, eventually they're going to be running it for themselves or they're going to run it into the ground. Right. So, you know, you have to make that commitment to want to be part of that business. I mean, look at you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you started this thing 13 years ago. Yeah. With just you and what one other person. There was just me or just you. Right. Yeah. You know, and you have to be there and take it, you know, and it takes on your personality. It takes on your, your meaning, right? Because if your employees see you that you don't really care about the business, and they're getting paid regardless, and right. they don't care about the business. But if they see that you're there, you're setting the example, mm-hmm. you know, then it's like they want to be part of that. You right. Know? And, and it's the same thing with your employees, right? If they don't want to be part of it, then let them move on and bring someone in that wants to be part of your vision, part of your experience. Right. You know, got to take care of them, of course. You want to take care of them. But, you know, if, like I said, if you love what you're doing, then I think everybody follows along with you. Mm-hmm. And, and your customers see it. Mm-hmm. you know and they trust you and they know that you're there you're always there there's always you know uh, a face mm-hmm. for them to come into mm-hmm. and you know and i think it makes a big big difference have you have you ever been at a point to where um throughout the 90 years or even from when you started to now where there are certain times where you were like you know what like i don't want to get up today or i don't want to deal with this because Going through all of those transitions, those transitions and, and change is always the hardest thing, I think, for people, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing is, is like people don't want to change because they're scared of what that change could potentially bring. And, you know, I don't want to say most people, but there are some people out there that say like, man, if I got to change, I don't know how it's going to do. I could actually be negatively impacted if this happens. Like what, how have you gone through those changes? Like what's been kind of the resilience that you, that you feel like has gotten you through that? Well, I just think it's just the fact that, you know, my, between, you know, even my dad, who's like the most change adverse person in the world, Mm -hmm. when you sit there and explain it to him, you know, when we told him we're going to put computers in the store. That was like, no way, <laughs> really? you computers in the store, you know, I mean, to that point, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I think we've all, and I think there's a big enough age difference between the brothers too, mm-hmm. where, you know, where I might not understand something, but my younger brother does, mm-hmm. or my brother from Houston is seeing it before we see it down here, right? you know, so we're always, we're kind of getting ahead of the game, mm-hmm. or at least seeing what's going on. And I, like I said, it used to be, you know, you had to make a change once every 10 years, mm-hmm. then once every five years. And now if you're not making a change every six months, you're going to be a dinosaur. Right. Before you, you know, know it, you're going to be way yeah. behind. And, and so, like I said, I don't understand a lot of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. But I understand we have to do them. Right. So, you know, you might sit there and tell me, oh, you need to do this, this and this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, it's like right. because of this, this and this. And I know it's what we need to do, mm-hmm. so I still might not understand it. Kind right. of like Bitcoin, right? Right. I still don't understand it. But yeah, I, know I still don't know I, how the currency works. Uh, you know, exactly. but, but I know I need to be part of it. If I, you know, and I don't need to be part of it, but you know, right. what I'm saying is the progression is going in that right. In that. You know, so things are going that way. So right. I just think you know you need to be so open minded. Mm. You know, and now especially nowadays because things change so fast. Right. 
but but above and beyond everything is love what you do customer service customer service customer service right and and change change with the times yeah and i think if you do that for the most part you know you're gonna do okay mm-hmm. you know you, i mean look everyone falls on hard times you right know? i mean we had vessel devaluations that almost took us under that's right a couple of times you know we had 2008 9 that just crushed the luxury I market that. i mean we had you know three quarters of the luxury industry is about to go under bit out of business um you know i mean it just things happen you know mm-hmm. and so you just you just work through them and you and you go you know but if you're if you're willing to throw up the white flag yeah you're gonna throw up the white flag and then then what are you gonna do and then and then that's yeah. it and then yeah. you gotta then you gotta start all over yeah yeah man um and and so i guess sort of what have been kind of the things that from a life perspective from a business perspective, love what you do, customer service, be open to change. I'm sure that some of that stuff translates into just overall kind of life itself, right? But I mean, what would you say is kind of the, what, what would you feel like is the sort of the secret to life or the pillars to life for you? You know, like, um, what what makes life good for you so and of course now that you're asking me i'm gonna forget them but um <laughs> you know and and i and i keep this friend always asks me and i always forget the third one right now i'm forgetting the second one but you know for the the, the most important thing um is i think if you leave this world a better place that you came into it mm-hmm. then you did you did good you know, I mean, if you did one million things wrong, but you did one million and one things right, mm-hmm. you made a difference to somebody or to something. And so I think that's the most important thing is, you know, try, you, you know, we're all going to make mistakes and we're not, by, you know, by no means are we perfect. Mm-hmm. And I just think, but if you try to do more better or more good mm-hmm. than bad, then I think that's important. Yeah. You know? Um, and of course, the other two things I can't remember right now. But well, I, but that's but the, the most but that's important. The, but that's, to, the that's, that's the most important because I was that's the one I always remember. Right, right, right. And that, and that's kind of what, the way that you kind of live and, your life. Because yeah. we were just talking about it before we started this whole thing. Was like how many nonprofit organizations you know do you help out with? And it's like I don't know one gala or one. Um, event that I've been to where Deutsch and Deutsch is somewhere not associated with with a particular uh, event to raise money to do better for the community to to do those 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 outreach things because it's beyond kind of the profit and beyond kind of these things is give back to your community give back to the people who who support you right because the community in some way shape or fashion does support what you do and so for that you have to be grateful yeah, and it's and I, I you know that's my that's one of my biggest things is you know I you know we always in all our stores you know in all the cities we're in I mean we we give back as much as we can yeah because you know it kills me when somebody says oh you know I went to Dallas to buy this or I went to New York to buy this or to L A to buy that and I'm going like okay great but you know what what are they doing for, you know, do they come and buy a car from you? Do they buy, you know, um, you know, 
uh, uh, some clothing from you? Mm-hmm. Did they come back and put something in the community to help it out? And so I'm, I'm a big believer. I try to, everything I try to do, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm like, a, I mean, I buy on Amazon. I'm not going to say. <laughs> right, yeah, let's not. But, but I mean, when my customer, my people that are my customers that have certain businesses, right. even if it's going to cost me more money, right. I will go and buy something from them right. to support them because they support me. Right. And, and that's where I think, you know, supporting your local businesses is just a huge part of what you do because they're all those families or their kids are in school with your kids. Mm-hmm. You see them at social events. You see them, at, you know, wherever, you know. Right. And that's just, it's huge. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with you because it's like, like you're, you're talking about that, that profit that they, that when you go out and you spend, you spend those, those dollars out of market. And, and you're spending it with people who are out of market, then that money that they're collecting in profit is then going to circulate within whatever realm it is that they're in, which doesn't necessarily come, come back and, and indirectly affect you because over time it does, right? And that's one of the things that I've seen um, with a lot of just different larger businesses and things where those a lot of those things get third-partied out, um, and they go and all of this money then goes out of the market that market then then uh, receives the benefit of that income that income then goes back into the community and then that community then thrives right yeah and um and and i think that there's been over the last 12 months i've seen more of a go local kind of campaign that's 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 happened and that's definitely a good thing to keep in mind i think is understanding understanding that aspect of it and how important local community is and and how much you've actually given back to it i think people need to also recognize it and you know i think that there's a a bit of humility you don't want to go out and tout out you know all the things that you're doing into the community but those things they do make a difference right and so um so anyway well i appreciate you know you doing everything that you have done and i mean what a legacy it's been for you know for deutsch like uh to see to see your progression from when i met you 12 years ago 13 years it's been a while um and we've been on other things right we've done you know boards uh and things like that and so um you know i appreciate you man i appreciate what you've done i appreciate um i appreciate the the friendship that we've built over the years and um thank you for being here man i i uh i um i respect everything that you've done so far and and i know that you know the next couple of decades what's 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 in the next what's you know what's in the next five to ten years for deutsch and deutsch and what's what's in the next five to ten years for ito deutsch I'll tell you at the next podcast. There you go. <laughs> Every day's different, man. There you Every go. Every day's different. All right. Well, maybe we can come back and visit and see kind of where you're at. I'd love to come back. All right, man. Well, okay. thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. I'm sorry it. you're empty. I know. But we'll man. get you refilled. I might, not, I might not come back again. <laughs> I know, right? We're talking about service, right? Mm. Cheers, my man. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.